it's okay to be firm and kind at the same time because that's what kids need is they need that really safe, secure adult to be there to be guiding them in the moment. In the Blend is a podcast series that helps parents navigate life within a blended family. Join me as I speak with experts and guests to get practical advice on how to have a harmonious blended family life. This series dives deep into the unique dynamics, logistics and challenges of raising a blended family. From new partners to juggling mixed finances, we will help guide you through it. Hello and welcome to In The Blend. Well, today we're talking all about boundaries. Setting boundaries is probably one of the most important tools for managing the many challenges that can present in blended families and to help create a happy, healthy family unit. In today's episode, we'll clarify what is a boundary and how does it apply to family life? What are some of the common challenges and consequences blended families face when it comes to setting or not setting boundaries? And importantly, how you can establish them and communicate them in an effective way. Today, we're joined by a clinical psychologist and clinical family therapist, Dr. Kate Owen, who is going to answer all of these questions and more. As well as specializing in helping families of all shapes and sizes, she also trains other professionals on the subject of family therapy. So you can rest assured we're in very good hands. Before we start, please remember this episode is educational in nature and does not constitute therapeutic advice, and it is not a substitute for therapy. Please seek professional assistance if required. With that, please sit back, relax, and let's dive in. Good afternoon, Kate, and welcome to In The Blend. Thanks, Laura. Thank you so much for being here today. I am very much looking forward to this conversation, and for a little while, I've actually been thinking about who might be a suitable guest to come and talk to us about boundaries, because I think it's such an important topic, probably one of the most important topics in terms of creating harmony in that blended family environment. And you know, have got, got a bunch of questions that I'm, I'm keen to explore with you. It certainly sounds like you're the right woman for the job, given your background and experience. <laughs> so looking forward to it. Well, well, let's see how we go. I might have some tips and tricks for people, but it is up to everyone listening today to decide what works for them. Perfect. Well, let's do it. Okay. Let's do it. So let, let's start, start off with the basics. So Kate, can you, can you uh, describe to me what is a boundary? And how does a boundary apply to family life? Okay, so different helping professionals might have different definitions for boundaries. Um, And so the definition that we might stick to today is knowing what is okay and what is not okay in family life. And so for your listeners, they might go, oh, so, oh, well, I think of that as like our family rules or our sort of family expectations or our family principles. So, so just to, you know, for us to be on the same page around the language, but basically we'll be, we'll be talking about, yes, this is okay in our family. No, this is not. Um, and sometimes people also think, well, how do you get, how do you develop that? How do boundaries come to be in the first place? And so boundaries come along from a multiple uh, or lots of different factors, multitude of factors, comes from our life experiences. It comes from our family experiences from when we're growing up. It comes from our cultural background, our religious beliefs, 
it comes from society and what society tells us is okay and not okay. Um, and then also boundaries do shift and change depending on where families are at in their, what we call the life cycle stage. So for example, boundaries will be different when you're parenting young kids compared to the boundaries that are in place when you're parenting like teenagers. And so when we're talking about boundaries today, then it could be anything related to emotional boundaries. So how we relate to each other, interact, communicate. It can be physical boundaries. So in terms of, um, you know, even physical space in the family home, what's okay, what's off limits. Um, and it can be just practical boundaries like tech at the dinner table, not at the dinner table, all of those types of things. Um, and then to answer your question about how it applies to family life, well, boundaries really helps to provide this, this structure and a containment. So people know what's okay, what's not okay. And that contributes to a sense of safety. So emotional safety, physical safety, psychological safety, but also it holds people accountable for their actions as well. So when people know the boundaries, but then they cross the boundaries. And in thinking about this podcast, I was thinking, what about blended families in particular? Like why are boundaries super important for blended families? And it's because the blended family has to really put a line around what's okay and what's not okay in this particular family, in this particular household. Um, and so it would be helpful maybe to say that across the different households, if there's um, kids involved, the boundaries might be different. And so it's great to have continuity and consistency, but it's often a bit unrealistic. And so boundaries in blended families is, is really setting up what's okay in this family unit here. I think that's that's super advice. Um, you're reflecting on my own circumstance. You, it, it's not physically possible to control what's going on in someone else's home, and you can try all you like, but you, you're not going to be able to do that. Um, so I think that idea of of just focusing on what you can control and making those boundaries very clear in your home uh, is great advice. Yeah. And thinking about then some of the common challenges that blended families might face when it comes to setting boundaries, having different sets of boundaries in two different homes is, is certainly going to be one. Um, and, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on how people might get around that and also you know, any other common challenges that they might typically face. Okay. All right. Well, let's start with the common challenges um, and then we can move across to some practical tips because I love giving practical tips. <laughs> um, but if we start with the common challenges let let's go just global universal like in terms of common challenges in any family when it comes to boundaries and then I'll talk about um, one common challenge for, for blended families in particular so when it comes to boundaries in any family two common challenges are the family either inconsistently apply the boundary so that it's a mixed message, the boundaries are blurred, or the family rigidly applies the boundaries with no flexibility at all. So for example, let's just say, you know, dinner time is, you know, family time. No tech at the table, TV's off, this is the only time we're getting together because everybody's running around doing all sorts of things. Um, now, if the family inconsistently apply that boundary to say, 
oh, yeah, right, let's not worry about it today. We've had a hard day. Let's turn the TV on and just sit in front of the TV and eat dinner. But then the very next day they're like, no, TV off. You know, this is really important in our family. It's just it's confusing. And then what happens is that um, the family, they don't really know, well, what is the boundary? Is it okay? Is it not okay? And it can lead to conflict. And then for the family that rigidly apply the boundary, so, you know, no tech at the table, you know all that, you know what the rules are here, it's time for connection. Um, but then let's just say one of the kids has a friend in hospital and they say, look, I know we don't have tech at the table, but my friend's going to message me, they're in hospital, I'm just really worried about them. And the family don't take into account that one particular situation. They go, no, 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 that's not the rule in our family. Well, then that's going to lead to tensions and conflict. And so just starting out broadly common challenges, putting boundaries in place, but not applying them, and then rigidly applying them without really thinking about specific situations that pop up so nice healthy boundaries you know you've got them in place but there's a little bit of flex when it's needed so when it comes to then um, the blended families the um the biggest challenge well no sorry not the biggest challenge one of the challenges in family life is that the, the family tries to uh, integrate or blend quickly so the families come in going, we really want to make this work and they have such good intentions and they really, you know, want it to be a good experience for everyone. So they try to establish the boundaries really quickly and the rules really quickly and um, try to set the, I guess, the scene for family life. A lot of blended families don't realise it takes like a minimum of like two to three years for the new workable structure to fall into place and it can take up to five years before step families even find their groove and so you know you're, you're a couple of years in and everyone's going ah what's going on here um, and it's because everyone has this you know good intentions but it just takes time to really get the new blended um, boundaries known and then in place and I'm a little bit geeky. So, Laura, do you mind if I geek out just for a minute? Go for it. Okay. Geek away. <laughs> so, one, one of the, um, the big um, labels, like in terms of family therapy, is we talk about homeostasis. I don't know if you've ever heard of that word before. No. Homeostasis is when uh, like humans in the world, family systems, work systems, any system – we always want to pull back to what's familiar. So that's the homeostasis. It's the status quo. It's mm -hmm. the, oh, I know what to do here, right? Mm -hmm. So then when you've got two families, got their own familiar grooves on, and then, you know, they come together and they're trying to blend, um, each of the, the families will want to go back to the way that things were. And so that's why it takes like a long time because they need to have enough experiences together, enough interactions together, so that they start to get their own homeostasis happening, like their own status quo. And so just to hold in mind, everyone out there, change is scary um, and everyone resists change. Uh, and then just to add to that, and once you think you've got it down pat, 
then the kids become teenagers and then you go change all your boundaries once again, right? Yeah. <laughs> True. Everything shifts. That's right. <laughs> yeah, that that description you just gave there was was reminding me of another guest we had on the show who talked about traditions and, and when two families merge, hanging on to some of those old traditions and or, or original traditions for either family, but then over time creating new traditions as the blended family unit. So uh, I think that that's very much in line with, with what you've described there. Yeah, absolutely. Well. Absolutely. So let's talk about consequences then of of not having boundaries in place. So it sounds it sounds from what you've described like boundaries are something that's going to help the smooth functioning of any family that with healthy healthy boundaries in place. Um, so you know what are the consequences of not having healthy boundaries in place? Okay, well uh, if if you don't know what's okay and you don't know what's not okay, it's just way too much ambiguity. And and as humans, when we have too much ambiguity, it creates stress for us. And so uh, there'd be confusion for everyone, adults, the kids, even the extended family, if they don't, you know, don't know what the boundaries are, that's going to be confusing for everyone. Uh, and so then people will get resentful, they'll get um, worried, they'll feel like they're being taken for granted, they might act out in passive-aggressive ways, they might shut down, um, and it's all because there's just no certainty. We don't, you know, you know, there's no containment that's happening. Now, the challenge is uh, that that can then ripple into the couple relationship and so that can, you know, uh, sow seeds of doubt oh gosh, you know, how are we traveling? Why isn't this working? And then it can raise doubts about how the couple are going. But then also more broadly in terms of family life, as a family therapist, we think of um, people as being barometers and thermometers for what's going on around them. And so when there's a family and there's there's no boundaries in place, people don't know what's you know expected of them, then sometimes that can manifest in someone having behavioural challenges or emotional challenges because the stress of that um, impacts them and so it then comes out in lots of different ways. Mm-hmm. No, that, that makes total sense. Makes total sense, and I think, I think without having any any firm boundary there, you you open yourself up for all of those things and more. Um, so let's let's pivot now to to tips. And I know you mentioned earlier you you love to to share lots of tips and tricks. So okay. I'm I'm eager to learn, Kate. <laughs> Teach me. Um, <laughs> what are some practical tips for establishing boundaries within, let's say, within a blended family? Okay. So, well, the internet has lots of tips out there, right? Uh, and so you can, you can get on and you can look at, you know, what can we do and 10, 10 tips to do this, etc. So I was really thinking today, what could I speak to that might be a little bit different? So I thought about four guiding principles or four tips that, that may or may not be helpful. We'll see. So number one, tip number one is patience. And the reason I start with that is because, like we said before, it takes time for the blended family to find its groove. And so really thinking about blended family life as a marathon and not as a sprint. And so really practicing a lot of acceptance when things aren't going the right way and reminding 
yourself that it will take time and having that patience to know there's bumps in in the road and so that would be tip number one very good tip number two and it's a bit of a no-brainer but I have to talk about it it's around communication and the communication is on a few different layers but number one the couple relationship in the blended family is so important you know it's the sanctuary (laughs) and so really talking things through um, around well what was okay and not okay for you and your family you know before we met um oh geez wow okay tell me more about that and then finding out where's the overlap because when there's similarities fantastic that's familiar to both sets of families and so great let's amplify what's already going to work but then really drilling down on and where the clear differences are and it's really important that the couple talk through those things and navigate it and think about how to problem solve it together first and foremost uh, because they're the adults of the family they're like the leading steering the ship and so they got to they've got to have good communication and work it out right definitely and then it's about the communication with the rest of the family um what i'd really like to emphasize on this point is it's not about communication in terms of talking at or talking to but if it's age appropriate really having collaborative conversations and getting kids involved and being able to talk through their ideas and then the adults take it on board but ultimately it's the adults that you know sort of think about what's best for family life but then the layer that not a lot of people think about is around the communication with the extended family and the and the extended network because you know they they've known the separate families for a while right? Maybe all their lives. Um, And so they already have these assumptions about how they do family life. And so then when the family's blending, well, the extended family's probably running off the old scripts and the old assumptions. And so then at times it's going to be really important to have that communication with the extended networks to let them know, hey, in this family unit, this is what's okay and this is what is not okay. That's a really good point. So I'm thinking about grandparents, I'm thinking about family, friends, cousins, you That's name it. it, those people in your close circle That's who, it. who are used to things being done a certain way and then might have to get used to the new way that things are done. Yeah, that's it. That's right. And so then tip number three is um, it's more like a guiding principle, content and process now what i mean by that is the content is pretty easy to determine like what is the boundary like how do we share it how do we phrase it how do we talk about it and there's lots of tips on the internet around that Uh, don't forget the process so again it comes back to the adults in the family really thinking through well how how do we want this to look like if we had a bit of a road map of how we want to set up the boundaries in family life what does that even mean does it mean we have to have regular 
catch-ups and talk things through? Yeah, probably. And then, oh, what does that look like with the kids? Are we having family meetings? Are we having walks on the beach and talking about these things? Like, how are we going to do that? Um, and then, oh my gosh, are we the type of family that writes stuff down and puts it on the fridge so everybody sees? Um, and so it's a, and then the process, how do we know if it's working well? How do we know if it's not? What are we going to do if it's not? And so thinking content and process and every blended family has their own unique way of doing things. And so with the, uh, with the communication piece in terms of, and I might be leading into, leading into my next question here, actually, um, but in terms of, uh, uh in terms of blended families effectively communicating boundaries to their children and mm. stepchildren, how can they do that and enforce them, but do it in a way that still maintains a positive relationship with them? Yeah, that's really key. And so um, one of the other tips I was thinking about, which really ties in with this uh, question, is around roles in the family. And there's, and look, it's just a bit of a rule of thumb based on literature and research but you know your listeners today they might have a very different experience and that is totally okay sort of the rule of thumb is that when uh, kids are really young when the family comes together then they're more likely to uh, accept the step parent in a traditional parenting role when kids are older so school age teenagers etc then uh, the best role that the step parent can have is one of an an additional adult who's there to have a relationship with them to support them etc and so when thinking about how to communicate the boundaries um, establish the boundaries etc if the birth parent so we're talking about older kids here if the birth parent can take more of a lead role with their birth children then the children may be more receptive to sort of being able to listen and maybe then talk through their concerns and their fears. Now, that's not to say the step-parent is not equally as important. It's just about what is their role in terms of um, communicating the boundaries and enforcing them. And it, and it might be that they um, are that support person to the birth parent in terms of um, you know, what that might look like in family life. Now, that's ideal. You know, that would be great. That's not always the case, right? And so as soon as you put a boundary in place, kids will want to test it. That's what they do. That's how they learn what the edge of the boundary is in the first place. So if the step parent does have to be the adult in the family and communicate the boundary or enforce the boundary because um, the birth parent is not there in that moment, then just a, a few things that may be helpful is that it's o it's okay to be firm and kind at the same time because that's what kids need is they need that really, you know, safe, secure adult to be there to be guiding them in the moment. So all adults need to stay calm as much as possible, even if they're like simmering on the inside. <laughs> and so being that really calm, centered, grounded person, super important. So really checking in with your verbal language, your nonverbal language. Do you have like the smiling eyes? Do you have the tone of voice that has the melody? Do you have an open body posture? Because you are the adult and you are modeling healthy 
communication and relationship templates, right? Another thing to hold in mind is if, you know, you're trying to communicate and, oh gosh, ah, there's kids not listening to me, then take a moment to pause, get curious. What's going on for this kid right now? You know, you know, what's, what's happening for them? Are they in fight flight mode? Um, has, you know, has something happened today? And that's why we're butting heads right now. And so being really curious about, um, the experience of the child in the moment, as opposed to really thinking, I have to make sure that, you know, they really respect this boundary. Um, and then just lastly, um, relationship is the key, right? And so, so really think about, uh, the, the strength of the relationship as it builds over time will have the flow on effect to then helping with communicating boundaries, reminding about boundaries and enforcing boundaries. So, so relationship is the key. You can't have boundaries in place if you don't have a relationship to support it. No, no. So you're saying after a number of years, a step parent will be in a better position as well to be able to help perhaps shape and, and enforce those boundaries, but they're not doing that on day one. That's so good, Laura. Yes. Day one, don't take on the job description <laughs> of being the one who enforces the boundaries with the stepkids. That's right. Love that. Yeah. yeah. So helpful. So, Kay, what can parents do or step parents if they're struggling to establish and maintain boundaries in, in their step family? That's a really good question because that is very real. And there's a lot of step parents out there who are trying the best that they can, trying the hardest that they can, and they feel like things aren't working and they feel like they're banging their head against a brick wall. And so thinking in advance, you know, how do I as the adult want to approach, you know, the kids in the family and to be consistent and to be predictable in how they're going to handle those situations? But on top of that, everyone's human and the step parent really needs to look after themselves. And so thinking about what are your coping strategies, what do you need to sustain yourself and keep yourself going, and that could be finding the sanctuary in the couple relationship, not to split between kids and birth parents, but to just be able to get that support that's needed. It might be around having contact with your friends, getting on the internet, getting some tips and tricks, all sorts of different things. So let's talk about something that's called rupture and repair because step parents will be coming up against multiple ruptures all the time. That's really normal. That's really just normal in life. And so uh, thinking if the step parent is thinking, oh my gosh, like we've had this rupture yesterday, we've had this rupture today, then hold on to the hope that it's all about the repair process that will be the most useful for the for strengthening relationships in the blended family across time. And so for the step parent to think after we have the rupture, how do I do repair? How do I, you know, approach the young person once I'm calm and they're calm? How do we talk it out? And even if it's not about a resolution, it's about being able to connect once again in the relationship because it's always the repair process that contributes to trust, contributes to a sense of safety and actually strengthens the relationship across time. And so a really important 
phrase that your listeners might hold on to is that when they're doing a repair process with the child, it's not about, it's okay that what happened was not okay because they crossed the boundary or the boundary wasn't respected, but we are okay, which then really focuses on the relationship because that's really important. So I'll just say that again, what happened was not okay, but we are okay. I love that. That is such a good one. I'm going to use that myself. And I think uh, just reflecting on what you said there, the I like the idea of the repair as well, because I think many people in the heat of the moment when the rupture occurs think, oh, it's all too hard and or I've ruined my relationship or I'm never going to be able to connect with X, Y, or Z person. Yep. But having that mindset of, okay, there can always be a repair after a rupture, I think helps to put that positive or optimistic lens on whatever problems occurred. So. Absolutely. The repair, ruptures will happen. Uh, it's all about the repair. Yeah, love that. Yeah. Very good. Well, Kate, I have so enjoyed our chat today. Thank you very much for all of the wonderful tips and insight that you have shared. Just lastly, I wanted to ask you, where can listeners go to connect with you and find out more about the work that you're doing as well in the space? Thanks, Laura. And I've really enjoyed being on the podcast with you today as well. So thank you. Um, I have a couple of different hats. If people want to find more resources and uh, connect with me, then Dr. Kate Owen, D-R-K-A-T-E-O-W-E-N.com. Take you to my website and then it's got all the links to everything, my YouTube channel, um, all the socials, etc. If there is anyone listening who is interested in family therapy training, like if they're a helping professional, a counselling or mental health person, then pop across to my um, other company, which is Queensland Institute of Family Therapy, and the website is qldfamilytherapy.com. Very good. And we will link to all of that in the show notes as well. Well, once again, thanks so much for your time, Kate, and I hope we can have you back on the show another time. Thanks, Laura. Bye now. Thanks for listening to the In The Blend podcast. The show notes for this episode are available at intheblend.com.au. And if you like what you heard, be sure to subscribe and please rate and review in your podcasting app. You can also follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. LinkedIn.